You Can Handle Anything, episode number 262. Can you imagine feeling calm even when people push your buttons? Can you imagine feeling in control even when people disappoint you? Can you imagine being able to resolve sticky situations instead of getting caught up in your thoughts? Hi, this is Shira Gura, and I want to tell you something really important. You can handle anything. Whether you're feeling annoyed, disappointed, frustrated, worried, afraid, or any other uncomfortable emotion, when you are emotionally equipped, you know exactly what to do step by step to get calm, be in control, and confidently be the person you want to be, rather than let your emotions hijack your life. I am on a mission to teach this to the world, and it's an honor that you've chosen to join me on this journey. Thank you for tuning in today, and now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for being with me today. So today and this week over on my Facebook and Instagram pages, I am focusing on the emotion of fear. So fear is probably one of the most prominent emotions we feel as human beings. We feel that emotion probably more than any other emotion, but we may not always name it as such, or we may not always notice that we're actually experiencing fear. So I'd like to start off today's episode by asking you, where do you experience fear in your life? It may seem like an innocent question, but the truth is, the more you think about it, the more places in your life you may realize that you actually experience fear. I'm going to offer you some prompts to see if any of these places resonate with you. Do you have a fear of failure? Like, have you ever tried to create a new habit or reach a goal or build a business and you're afraid that you're going to fail? Or the opposite, have you ever had a fear of success? Believe it or not, that happens. Because when you succeed in something, there can be a fear of, like, now what? Right? Like, now, how do I handle the success? This happens especially when you're growing a business. Like, you dream and dream of success, and then you achieve what you've always dreamed for, but the results are bigger than you could have imagined. So there's a fear in how to handle that. And similar to that, do you have a fear of becoming a new person and then losing your old identity? How about a fear of public speaking or giving a presentation to a group of coworkers? That is a very common fear. In fact, the statistics show that more people have this fear than they do of dying. And while I just named that, let's just put it out there. Do you have a fear of death or a fear of losing someone? Or do you have a fear of being the victim of a terrorist attack? What about a fear of not being liked by a crowd? A fear of not being accepted? or losing favor in someone's eyes, or maybe you have a social fear. What about a fear of what other people think about you? Do you have a fear of being judged or not feeling good enough? Do you have a fear of being rejected or as seen as imperfect? What about a fear of disappointing other people? A fear of not being heard or seen by others? A fear of not being able to handle your triggers, right? Or losing control? How about a fear of making bad choices, a fear of not being loved, a fear of someone leaving you, a fear of messing up your children and never being able to fix it? How about a fear of missing your calling, a fear of not reaching your full potential? There's so many fears that humans have, right? 
I'll just name a few more. Fear of heights, fear of a certain kind of animal, fear of closed spaces, fear of flying, fear of the dark, fear of getting a disease, fear of violent weather, fear of there not being enough food, or a fear of someone taking away your food. I mean, I could go on and on and on, right? Can you see how much fear plays a role in our lives? Now, let's take a step back and look at what fear really is. Fear is an emotion. That's what it is. Fear is not a thought. There is a difference, right, between an emotion and a thought. Fear is what you feel. And the only reason you feel fear at any given time is because of a thought. And that's because your thoughts create your emotions. That's where your emotions come from. You can never have an emotion without a thought. It just doesn't work that way. And when you are getting unstuck from something, you actually have to work with both. You have to learn how to process through the emotion and you have to work with the thought that created it. You can't just do one. I mean, you can, but likely it's not going to get you very far. But the problem is when we get stuck on any emotion, but this week we're focusing on fear, so we'll stay with that. When we get stuck on fear, we don't think we can handle something because we confuse our emotions with our thoughts and we just clump everything all together as one big monstrous thing that we just feel is impossible to deconstruct. And we just believe it, right? We just believe we can't handle it. We're just too afraid. That's what the lower brain says to you when you experience fear. And the mind does that not to hurt you, but actually to protect you. It's actually trying to do you a favor. And that's because the mind likes to stay in places of comfort and familiarity. So if you are doing something that the mind says is scary, like giving a public speech, your mind is going to do everything it can to keep you from doing that. And how does it do that? Well, it'll bring up thoughts like, you're going to mess up, or you're going to look bad, or you're going to embarrass yourself, or best not to put yourself in harm's way. And then what happens to most people is that you heed the call of the lower brain and you don't do the things that you really want to do in life. You get held back because you don't know how to deal with the fear. And that's a shame because it doesn't have to be like that. And it's a shame because 99% of the time, the fear that you're experiencing is a perceived threat. It's not a life and death situation, like if a lion, tiger, or bear is chasing you, right? If you go back to the list that I just offered before, and you think about what fears you have in your life, if you look at the thoughts behind the fears, you'll realize that the thoughts are perceived thoughts and those thoughts actually exist in your mind. Now, sometimes we do experience life and death situations, although it's much less common than the typical fears that we have, but we do. And this is exactly what happened to me a couple of days ago, and I want to share that story with you today. So a good friend of mine in my community invited a bunch of women for a getaway, we didn't go to a fancy hotel. In fact, it was quite the opposite. We rented a very rustic cabin about an hour north of us, and we spent Friday and Saturday together talking, sharing, praying, and eating. It was lovely. We all slept in the same room because this cabin actually was just one big room, and we slept on mattresses on the floor. On Saturday morning, I was the first one to wake up, which I knew was going to happen because I'm an early riser. 
And I didn't want to wake anyone, so I just quietly rolled out my yoga mat and I did about an hour of slow movement exercises. But by 6.30, I was already ready to leave the cabin and go for a walk. But no one else was awake, so I decided to go on my own. Now, when we arrived to this cabin the day before, I asked the woman who owns this cabin where I could go walking. And she told me there was a nearby wadi that would be a nice place to walk to. A wadi, by the way, for those of you who might not be familiar with this term, is a valley that is dry except during the rainy season. So this woman suggested it and I thought I would check it out. I put on my sun hat, I filled up my water bottle, I took my phone with me because I never go walking without a phone, I put on my walking shoes and I quietly headed out the door. It took me about 15 minutes to get to the entrance to the wadi, which for those of you who live in Israel, the name of it was Nachal Yichiyam. And so I saw the big green sign showing me that I was at the entrance to this national park system. And even though I was by myself, I felt safe. The wadi was made up of large white stones. So it wasn't like a flat asphalt surface, but still it was totally walkable. And so I started walking on the stones and there were a few trees kind of canopying over me, but mostly I was able to see the blue skies. It was warm but not too hot, like I knew was going to be forecasted for later in the day. And so I started walking. And then after about five minutes, I thought to myself, should I keep going? I mean, I wasn't nervous that I was going to get lost because it was just a straight path, but I was alone. So I thought about it, but I said to myself, Shira, just go for a few more minutes. And I did. And then again, after a few more minutes, I asked myself, should I turn back? And at that point, I started thinking about my friends and wondering if they might want to join me on this walk. And I knew it was going to get really hot. So I said to myself, I probably should head back in order to make sure there'd be enough time for all of us to go on this walk. But for whatever reason, I said, you know what, Shira, just go for a few more minutes. It was quiet. It was peaceful. I felt like it was just me and the beautiful nature surrounding me until... Oh my God. I froze. I actually couldn't see this wild animal, but it was rustling on the other side of the bushes of where I was standing. And I think my first thought was, what the heck? Like, what kind of wild animal could that be? I mean, I'm not on the Appalachian Trail. I'm not in the United States where we have lions and tigers and bears, right? When I went on this trail, I wasn't thinking about wild animals. My heart went from zero to 100 in about a second. I was really, really scared. I assumed it was a wild dog, which totally freaked me out because wild dogs you know, they're wild and they can attack and they can kill. So I just decided to stand there and not make a move. That's all I could think of. Don't make a move, Shira. And so I waited. And I thought I waited a long time. So I started to take another step, just one step, to turn around and go back to where I came from. But then, came again. Oh my God, I was freaking trapped. I didn't know what to do. 
I started freaking out. I was so scared. I mean, I knew I couldn't stand there all day long. The sun was rising. At that point, I had like half a bottle of water. I had no food and I had to figure something out. So you know what I did? I took myself through the unstuck method step by step. And when I got to the end of the tool, I considered that my only choice at that moment was to go off the trail, meaning I had to walk away from this wild animal, which I found out later was most likely a wild boar that, yes, could have and would have attacked me had we gotten any closer. So I did my absolute best to walk away slowly from this animal, but at the same time, walk back in the direction where I had to go. And as I started to walk, the animal didn't make any more sounds. And so at first, my fear turned into relief and gratitude and even confidence, like, Shira, you've got this, just keep going, and eventually you're going to meet up with the trail. Well, that didn't exactly happen, because first of all, I wasn't on a path. I'm going to do my best to try to describe to you what I was walking through, although I don't know if I can really describe it as well as it is in my mind, but it was basically dried up bushes that had a lot of thorns on them, like long and short thorns. That was it. It it wasn't a path. It was just like these branches, like all over the place, all full of thorns, and I had to walk through it. It was awful because I didn't have a hatchet and I couldn't get through it without getting poked like all over my body. But I had to. I didn't have a choice, right, if I wanted to get out of there. And again, I was kind of feeling okay at that point. I just knew I had to keep going. So anytime, you know, a thorn got caught on my shirt, I would just stop and I would take my time and I would literally, you know, get unstuck from that thorn and then I would move on. Again, I thought I was doing pretty okay. But the problem was I couldn't find the trail. Like I assumed that I was going to meet up with it at some point, but I couldn't find it. And it was then that I got stuck on fear again, right? It was maybe more like anxiety. So at that moment, I decided to call one of my friends. The problem was none of my friends from this weekend used their phones on Saturdays, except for one. So I tried to call her. But what I didn't think about was, was that there wouldn't be any reception down in this wadi in the middle of nowhere. And then I started to get stuck on worry because I didn't have a lot of water with me. It was starting to get hot, even down in the wadi where I was covered with bushes and trees and whatever. I did think about turning around, but I decided against it because I knew I didn't want to face that wild animal. And then I just started to panic Or actually, maybe it was more like despair, because I came to the conclusion that I was going to die out there. I I noticed that that's what I was thinking. I mean, I thought to myself, this is like a classic story of a middle-aged woman going on a hike by herself with not enough water, and no one even knew where she went, right? Even if they did try to go look for her, they wouldn't know where I went. I didn't have a map. I didn't have a GPS. And instead of getting out of this wadi and seeing the blue sky, I was like going deeper and deeper into it and getting scratched up and bloodied up along the way. And I was all alone. I was actually hearing my parents' voices saying to me that that was such a stupid decision. 
And then I was hearing my own voice saying the same thing, right? Like, how could you? Like, why would you do something so stupid, so risky? Like, what were you thinking? I almost started to cry from despair, but I went through the unstuck method again because I didn't want to die. I didn't want that to be my last day on earth. And as I went through the tool, I just really noticed what I was thinking, right? All of those thoughts. And I said to myself, Shira, you are choosing those thoughts. Those thoughts are not helping you. Choose other ones. You get to choose whatever you want to think. Right, right. What do I want to think? And it was in that moment that I decided to think that God was with me and that God was protecting me and that I wanted to pray to God and ask God to help me get out of this place. And so I started to pray out loud. A couple of weeks before that, I actually wrote a chant. And the chant is basically the words in Hebrew, past, present, and future. I know this sounds really weird in English, but those words in Hebrew, when you put the letters of those words together, you get the word God. Anyway, I decided to take out my phone and sing into it, into the text group of the women, you know, who are with me, just in case I didn't make it, they would know what the last words on my mouth were before I died. I know, dramatic, but that's where I was. Like, I was in a really dark place. Anyway, I'm going to play it for you now. And if you're doing anything right now, as you're listening to this podcast episode, like if you're on a walk or you're doing the dishes, I want to invite you to stop what you're doing and just close your eyes and imagine you being in the situation where I was and just be with me for a minute. Okay. It, it's just a minute. All right, here it goes. It got cut off at the end, but I think you got the picture. So that's what I sang over and over and over and over again. And I stayed hopeful. I kept thinking on purpose that the worst thing is, right, that I'll end up in some village or on a main road or something, but I'm going to make it out of here. I just kept thinking those thoughts on purpose so that I could handle the situation. And I don't know how much time passed after that, but at some point, I was able to see light above me. 
because I was walking so deep into this wadi that I couldn't see the sky, but suddenly I could. And I knew I just needed to pull myself out as difficult as it was because it was basically like a cliff, but underground. But I focused my attention and I prayed and I believed in myself and I pulled myself out. And then I was on gravel and I don't think I was ever so happy in my life to see gravel. And I saw the blue sky. And while I didn't quite know which direction to go, I just kept going because I needed to get back. My body was shaking from fear. And like I said, I probably had like two cups of water left in my bottle. And so I walked and walked and suddenly I ended up at that green nature park sign where I started. And I started to cry from gratitude, from happiness, from appreciation for being alive. About 15 minutes later, I returned to the log cabin. None of my friends actually suspected that anything happened. They just assumed I went for a long walk. That was another mistake that I made, but okay. My friends saw my face and they understood immediately that something happened. And as I sat down to start telling them what happened, a friend on either side of me just sat down and started picking out the thorns that were stuck all up and down my arms. Because what I didn't mention earlier was that in the beginning, when I went off the trail, you know, I walked slowly trying to avoid all these thorns. But at some point, I knew I didn't have time to do that. Like, I didn't have time to walk slowly. And so I didn't care about the pain from the thorns anymore. So I just walked through them without thinking twice about getting hurt because I had to get out. So that was my experience with fear of this week. And like I said, 99% of the time, that's not the kind of fear most people are experiencing on a daily basis, although in some circumstances we are. The truth is I've had near-death experiences in the past, and I wrote about that in my first book, but this experience was different in that I was literally all alone, right? In my other experiences, I was with people, right? Even if it was in the hospital, I was with people, but this it was an entirely new experience for me. But I was able to handle it, thank God, because I was able to manage my thoughts and my emotions. And that's not to say that happens naturally to people, right? It doesn't. I was able to do that because I have reliable tools that I use multiple times a day. And my brain has just gotten really practiced or even trained, you could say, with using them. And so while this story was an extreme example of how you can handle fear, I want to offer you that you can handle fear in your life too. You just need to know how. And by the way, one more thing before I go. When people think of fear, most people think of negative situations like the one I experienced the other day. But the truth is, you actually have the possibility of creating fear in your life on purpose if you want. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, because anytime you go through a difficult emotion, it grows you. And so while going through difficult emotions isn't always fun or easy, it does challenge you to do something difficult and that process grows you into a different person. So just for a very like bland example, if you challenge yourself to stand up in front of a group of people, you will be creating fear on purpose you will be creating fear within you on purpose. Meaning 
you know you're going to have to face fear, right? And that's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a good thing because you'll know if you can get through that fear, you're going to be able to achieve what it is you want to achieve. And that's the same thing with all of our emotions. They are so incredibly powerful because they have the ability to either hold us back or propel us forward. And that's because it's our emotions that drive our actions. And that's exactly why if you know how to manage your emotions, you can literally go through anything. That is the power of being emotionally equipped. And so my question to you today is, where do you want to go through fear in your life on purpose? Where do you want to get on the other side of fear? What is on the other side of fear for you in your life? For most of you, there is a lot on the other side. In fact, for many of you, your whole life is on the other side, if you know how to go through it. Of course, this is exactly what I teach inside of my course, Emotionally Equipped for Life, and how the graduates of my course are living their lives today. It is so amazing to witness. Okay, my dear friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. Honestly, knowing that you were there listening to this story really helped me work through the trauma of it. And so I am grateful to you. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And remember, you can handle anything. You deserve to be able to confidently handle any difficult emotional situation in your life. And I'd be honored to support you on your journey. The first step is to join me on my free masterclass, where I'll teach you three things. One, what the real problem is when it comes to getting stuck. Two, the most important thing to know when it comes to managing your emotions. And three, the most important and actionable step you need to get you on the road to getting unstuck. By the end of this training, I promise you, you will never look at your emotional reactions in the same way again. Send me a message over on Facebook or Instagram, and I will send you the link to get you started. I hope to hear from you soon.